Hello everyone, happy Monday and welcome to Fools Rush In. It is going to be a busy, busy night tonight. There is a lot to discuss and we have got one hell of a panel to discuss it. One of the biggest panels Fools Rush In has ever assembled for one night. But before we say our hellos, there's only one place to start. Let's roll those titles. Where to even begin saying the hellos? Um, possibly the happiest man I have uh, I have seen on a Monday night uh, in October. Let's say hello and good evening to Ned. How are you, pal? Oh, oh so happy. <laughs> Aren't you just? Good oh, yeah, I'm very, 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 very happy thanks to what Warren just done, but I'll leave that for you to talk about that later, I'm sure. No worries at all. Um, or do we say hello, good evening to Warren, and what have you done to Ned to make him so happy? Oh, I've never seen someone so excited for a night out, but Ned is very much excited for a night out. How are we, gents? We all good? Yes, Wonderful. very good. Thank you, very good. Yes, we have we have more information just come through about the uh, the pod Christmas night out, and everyone is very excited. Everyone, including BTB. Good evening, Ben. Hey, Fifey's. Good to see you. Yeah, all good. Good to all just about see about you it. too. Although you're in a darker room than I am tonight. I know. Well, if, I, if I'm going to try and get this a little bit better, I, I don't have the halo with the light off, so I've got the backlight on, but it's still not strong enough. <laughs> if I sit on the chair, I go like this. So yeah, you're going to have BTB in his wall bunker. Um, well, but yeah, let's right. uh, let's welcome someone well. else. Let's welcome someone else whose happy smiley face brightens up everyone's room. Good evening, Rich. Evening, how are we? <laughs> he wasn't expecting that to be him, was he? <laughs> He's like, no, that one's not me. <laughs> I was in the middle of writing a text. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you, pal? You okay? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks, mate. You? Yes, very good. That's very nice. good. Uh, next up, because um, we've got plenty more on offer tonight, let's say hello and good evening to Woody. How are you, pal? Hey, good evening, everyone. How are we all? Very, very well. You seem very happy this evening. I'm always happy, except when I'm sad. <laughs> well, quite indeed. And uh, next, let's say hello to Craig. Good evening, pal. Yeah, evening, Fifey. Um, yeah, looking forward to the um, pod Christmas um, smash up. Um, if you need a responsible adult to come along, I'm your man. <laughs> Oh dear, the jabs are going in early. Um, that is seven fools, but what we need is two more to complete this panel, I think. Um, but certainly not fools. Let's just get that one out of the way early before any of you suggest I've started the show by insulting our very special guest. First of all, we are delighted to welcome back uh, representing Swinningtown Women. Good evening, Beth. How are you? Good evening. Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, very, very well indeed. Thank you very much for joining us again. No problem. And uh, making her Fools Rushing debut, also representing STWFC. Good evening, Bryony. Good evening, everyone. How are we all? Delighted to have you join us. As we were saying off camera, we've been talking about this a long time, so it's great to, uh, great to finally have it arranged. Yes, I'm very excited for this one. 
<laughs> um, that... Never excited for any others, just this one. <laughs> right? Yeah, just this one. <laughs> now, we need to get the housekeeping out of the way early because people um, were very specific about sort of where they wanted to sit in this particular picture and, and I can't control it until they're all on the screen. So let's just quickly start moving people around to their uh, designated areas and uh, try and make this go something a little bit like that. I think that'll do. Um, let's get straight on with the first topic. And the reason we've got our two special guests here this evening is because Swindon Town women are set to play their FA Cup game at the county ground as part of a double header um, on Saturday. Beth, that is, I mean, every other week at the minute, there seems to be something massive happening for the women's team. But But this is huge, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's amazing um, to be a part of it is something you I can't really imagine. That's why I joined this club. Um, yeah, to have over two, well, just under 200 for the, the last league game we played at Foundation Park and then to go to the county ground and play the double header is it's just it's well winded. It's just great to be a part of. And um for the game itself, as you say, what would it, what does it mean to the, the prospect of being able to walk out? I mean, I know when you were on earlier this season, when, when Craig was hosting that episode, you were saying that the opportunity to play more games at Foundation Park was huge, but, but to now go that one step further and to be able to walk out on the county ground to play. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be an incredible experience. Um, recently with the club announcing that they're going to take us on boards is a massive huge step for us um, to play more games at Foundation Park in the heart of Swindon. That's where we want to be. Um, although we love it at Fairford, it's not ideal to get the fans over, to get the youngsters over to come and see what, how to play the game and to come and watch us. And I think for us as a team, it's going to be so good to have the support backed by all the Swindon Town fans and just to see us play, really. And that's all we're, we're there to go. We're going to give them a good game. We're going to let, make sure that everyone that comes and watches is going to get like all the very best of us and see how we play and hopefully come back to more games. No, absolutely. And in, in your, uh, your own situation, I believe you made your first appearance um, at the weekend after a bit of an injury. How, how are you feeling after that? Yeah, yeah. So I've um, had a hamstring or my mate, like minor hamstring tear. Um, so, yeah, I got my first couple of minutes back on the weekend, which is really good. I've, I've never, ne I don't want to ever go out injured again. Um, I think you kind of miss the whole idea of like playing football. Just being able to kick a football again has just been incredible. So, yeah, just hopefully just back in time, ready for the big game on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, planned out pretty well. But, um, yeah. It's been good to be back. No, absolutely. And, uh, and Bryony, the same sort of questions for you, really. Um, with everything that's been going on over the course of this season, um, how have you found it being a part of sort of this, this whirlwind adventure? Um, it's been really different for me, really. Um, I've been at this club since I was nine. So to be playing actually in Swindon, we've never, ever played in Swindon before. We've played in Gloucester, we've played in uh, so like Fairford and Gloucester, we've played in Oxfordshire. Never have we had a home um, venue in Swindon. So for us to now be able to have a few games at uh, Foundation Park, 
and then obviously now having this game at um, the county ground, it's it's so big and it just shows the trust that people have in women's football now, um, which is you know just it just keeps going up for us and it's it's, it's really lovely to see really. Um, without wishing to to touch on sort of old ground because this is your debut, could you maybe tell? those watching and, and listening a little bit about your personal football, what, you know, what got you into football, that kind of thing? Um, so my dad had me playing from the minute I could stand. So that was kind of it really from then on. It was, that was the only way I was going to go. There was no other, no other way other than football. Um, so yeah, I started play, like I played with the school. And then when I was nine, I started playing for the Swindon Town Girls. And then since then I've played for them other than the last three years I've been at university in London. So I haven't played. Um, I've more worked for men's teams than playing. Um, so, yeah, this is my first season back um, playing. So, yeah, I'm excited. And um, if I'm right, and, and please forgive me if I'm wrong, um, you, you've sort of been out as well uh, recently, haven't you? Um, yeah. How are you... How are you doing at the moment? Is is the road to recovery going okay? Yeah, so um, I'm I was out for with concussion, so I've just done my week of return to play concussion protocol. So I will be back to full training tomorrow. Um, but it's still, like even when you're out, you're still within the club. You're still training around them and everything. So it's it's still like you're part of the team even when you are injured. So it's good. And um, in terms of, because I think, uh, Woody, you were saying, in terms of the opposition in, in the cut game, this is kind of a, a big moment for them as well, for, for the potential size crowd that, that could be staying back to watch the game. Yeah, exactly. And I think, well, everything for them as well, really, in terms of, the, you know, they're not going to play on many surfaces like that. Um, you know, we're praying that the weather stays decent to keep that surface nice. Um you know, so equally, as much as it is a massive opportunity for our, our ladies um, and, you know, arguably some of the staff as well that will be there and um, and a big milestone for the club, putting Poulton Rovers into it as well, you know, that they, they wouldn't have expected that. In fact, they probably would have drawn, they, they drew us and they probably thought, oh, great, we're going to have to go to Fairford. You know, they are two tiers below, so they do go in as the underdogs, um, you know, but you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for them and probably one that isn't going to come to many teams kind of outside of the Women's National League, to be totally honest. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to almost seeing their faces as well and, and seeing them running around on the on there as well, because it will mean the, it mean the world to them. And that, and that makes it, for me, even a bigger step in women's football. The fact that they've taken, I know it's the FA Cup game, but they've taken, a, you know, a tier four side against a tier six side. Um and still put the game on. You know, it would have been easy to say if Swindon had drawn someone like Oxford or someone like that, it would have been easy to put that onto the, onto the counter crowd because it's a big spectacle. The fact that we thought we spoke previously about attitudes changing is the first thing for me. Rather than money changing, the attitude needs to change. And the fact that they still agree to put that game on when you know it could be it could be just played at Fairford um, is is a massive attitude change in my opinion, and I think it's great. Yeah, definitely. Um... What he said there, Bryony, about the fact that um, Swindon will go into the game as favourites. How I'm, I'm always intrigued in in this sort of subject of mentality. How do you think that all for, for everyone who who is able to play that that favourites tag will it weigh heavy? Uh, not really. I think there's 
in women's football there's quite a big gap between each um in between each division okay. but when you get onto that pitch you don't see that very much um we can be playing uh, a league above and it could be the easiest game we've played but then we'll play a team well for example in um in our pre-season we played teams that were league below but you wouldn't know it so i don't think it really weighs on us because we have that mentality of we're not going to look at them below us and they are as equals as well so yeah, yeah. i don't think it will weigh on us as much and beth in terms of um in terms of the squad as a whole it Obviously, there's excitement about playing on the county ground, but in terms of the game itself, is there like a, a buzz around cup football, stepping away from the league for for a game kind of thing? Um, yeah, I think yeah. FA Cup is massive, especially within any female team. Um, I think it being at the county ground as well, it kind of doesn't feel like an FA Cup as such um, because the bigger moment is playing at the county ground. Um, so I think it will definitely hit that we're playing an FA Cup game at the county ground. And we could go down in the records for getting the most attendance there at an FA Cup game so far. So that's going to be something that we want to achieve. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those um, kind of games, really. You kind of you don't know until you're probably well, until we get there and we're actually warming up on the pitch to think, actually, we're playing at county ground in the FA Cup game. It's yeah, it's massive. Um, Willie, from a logistical perspective, I've seen certain bits going around social media already, but uh, we've had questions sent in from fans about like, are places where you're, you're parking match day staying open longer because of the second game and stuff. How much have you guys been told about that already that you can pass on for anyone watching that's, that's unsure about the logistics of staying behind for a second game? So my understanding is uh, the from a parking point of view, the cricket club is staying open. Um, so those who would park in there normal for a game, you can leave your cars there. I think the major logistical switch, from my knowledge, is that any bit the uh, the stand that will be the primary stand to stay open will be the Arkles, um, similar to I guess with the JPT games. So people that are in the the Don Rogers and the Townend. Um, if they're staying to watch, we'd be expected to move into the Arkles. Obviously, if we end up getting loads of people staying, which is what we want, then they won't, you know, logistically, they won't be able to do that. Um, but it's um, so those, yeah, those are kind of the two, the key plug things. A lot of, I guess, the more complicated logistics is actually for the girls behind the scenes, really, in terms of they kick off at 5.45, you know, in the worst case scenario, the men's will finish at 10 past five. Um, you know, and so it's a case of I think that they're meeting at Foundation Park and all of this kind of stuff. So a lot of the logistics is kind of the, the more complicated stuff is actually with what the girls have got to do for their warm up and getting changed and, and all of that stuff. Um, because and it's and that's not governed by the club. I mean, EFL have their own rules around, you know, what happens after a game and stuff. So, um, you know, the, we've had to respect that as well. I was just going to say very quickly. I had a uh, I had a question earlier. I think it was on another pod or something like that. Um, that is why was the women's game not kicked off earlier? Well, I think that's just. I think it's obviously very self-explanatory about obviously the obviously the everybody's got to be cleared from the from the men's game, and obviously the women have obviously got to um, warm up before they go out, and obviously that takes time just as much as the men's game does. So I I just. 
I, I, I just thought I'd throw that out there, but um, I, I just found it quite funny actually. Quite I think honest. I think to be fair, it's a fair question, but if if you don't look into football too much, because it's again, it's the logistics around it. To be fair, you, we we wouldn't we wouldn't even be able to kick off at lunchtime with the women yeah. because you'd still need the men's would need to arrive. You know they you know obviously uh, yeah. Harley no, Paul yeah. Harley Paul will have their their own kind of stadium walk around and, and all of this kind of stuff. So it just it would just be so much more of a logistical nightmare to to kick off earlier. Although I could see why it might help, but I actually think we'll get more attendance with people staying on later. Um, yeah. I think I think that will attract a lot more people. Look how many people kicked off when we suggested they might go to one o'clock kickoffs. So <laughs> it's you know yeah. nobody in the greatest respect nobody's going to come and watch an extra game of football um, if it involves them chipping off work early. But hopefully, if we can get on the end of um, you know what we want to see is a good positive Swindon win on that uh, Swindon men's team win on Saturday, which then you know it just tells everybody I want to stay. And I think, also, I think also as well, um, it's something that uh, obviously Beth said earlier about um, the attendance, potential attendance record as well. Obviously, Nottingham Forest just this weekend have set the barrier for that, uh, set the bar for that now, over 5,000. Obviously, if we can get 10,000, 10, 11,000 in on Saturday. <laughs> no, 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 not, not, no. No, we need to no pressure for the men's, Rich. <laughs> for the men's game, I mean. For the men's game, if we can get ten, eleven thousand in, and even a quarter of that stays, yeah, okay, might not have broken the record, but for somebody that, for a team for like Porton Rovers, for example, who are what a tier six side are they? Would do tier six side. Not only is that huge for Swindon women, but how huge that is for a tier six side in the women's division to have let's say three four thousand and obviously for us from our perspective that's great but from a, a just a women's football in general that that is just absolutely incredible and something that you would never really sort of think of to be honest with you you never thought that could happen but it is happening and we're living yeah. in it now and the barriers that are, and like woody has said the the attitude um, that's changing is absolutely fantastic, and what what a time to be supporting the women's game is absolutely fantastic. I did see a um, uh, I think it was a tweet, it may have been a Facebook post earlier that the club replied to um, with regards to if you're not going to the the men's game but you still want to go to the women's after it's it's not a ticketed event obviously people with tickets to the men's game will be moved logistically wherever they need to go if you can't make the men's game but still want to go and watch the women play you you just turn up on the day and you will be shown where to go um as yeah, far as it's, it's free entry and i think there's going to be like donation buckets and stuff like that you know obviously if you can afford to It'd be great to, to, you know, even if it's as small as, small as a pound. Ned's grown an extra hand. I do have a quick okay. So, obviously, when people are obviously leaving, if people do leave for the men's game, which I assume quite a few people probably will, how are they going to count the people that have stayed there? That's, that's, my only, that's my only thought. I'm leaving that to Roger Reeves to sort out. Uh. <laughs> 
But that was it. Go around and manually <laughs> do it. Yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> manually counting them. Oh, bugger. <laughs> <laughs> you were over there a minute ago. <laughs> what have you moved? <laughs> um, Craig, if I can briefly, because you've done this so eloquently a few times this season already. Um, we had Joe on on Friday and, and he was talking about the the game that he went to Thursday night, which we'll talk about in a minute as well. But you've obviously been to, to a couple of the, the games, Think of Foundation Park this year. And just for someone who is um, like, like the rest of us, and, and again, I've said plenty of times, we're very lucky to have the likes of Woody come on regular and really sort of install into us about women's football from what you've seen why why would you tr suggest to people that they do stay behind and watch the game um well i mean for me i've having seen um, both the games at um, foundation park um without trying to without sounding patronizing i think people will be surprised at the quality of of the level that the um women's game is is at at this level because you know I've, I think I've said said before the WSL and obviously the Lionesses um, get all the limelight don't they and quite quite rightly so but you know not many people are aware of how you know how it's developed the you know all these divisions down when you, you've got you know people like Woody and, and all the coaches behind the scenes and everything and all the hard work that they put in and you know it's it's um it is a really good standard of football. And I, I think, you know, Joe said when we um, talked about the, the game against Larkor, he, he was surprised, you know, he, he said he, and he really enjoyed it. You know, he even said that um, um, and, and he's got wonder goal, which we, we've all, all seen. He, he said everyone's got goals in them. And he said his was um, Rory Fallon's overhead kick against Bristol City. And he said that Annie Colston's goal was was like that. He said he will always remember that goal, and it just goes to show, you know, that's that's <clears> the quality <throat> that you've got in the women's in the women's game. So, and, and it was just so enjoyable. The atmosphere was great, and everything. We've seen the atmosphere on the telly with the lionesses, and I've been watching WSL games and everything. And the games at Foundation Park have been it's been a really good atmosphere and an enjoyable game. And I think you know. You know, women's football has come on leaps and bounds, and it's. I, I imagine for for people like Beth and and Bryony, it, it must be amazing to be part of this huge leap forward in in the development of of the women's game. So, so yeah, it, you know, you know, we, we'll we'll obviously as as a pod, we'll be pushing it as much as we can. But yeah, if, if any, you know, if you're in in two minds or whatever, or if you you know you're you're free. You know, um, after the game against Hartlepool, you know, watch the watch the game. It is it's 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 really good, enjoyable, exciting, attacking football. It is, and um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone who stays on will be disappointed. Yeah, rest assured, Craig. I've I've already stolen the relative artworks to keep promoting the uh, <laughs> the occasion. That's for sure. No, they'll um, be in my inbox then, won't they, Fifi? <laughs> to, uh, to sort out, but. Um, you um, have plenty in your inbox these days. Yeah. Um, can I just ask um, Beth a question? Because um, obviously, since we last spoke, Beth, the you know thing it's, it's been like a whirlwind how quickly things have developed with the the women's team coming under the umbrella of of the club. How have you found it playing at Foundation Park in front of these crowds and, and everything? You know what what was what was that like? I think I, I said before when, when when you was on. I've only ever played Sunday League, so it's like. You know, you, you don't know what that's going to be be like, but you know, it, it must have been such an enjoyable experience for you and 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 all the girls. 
Yeah, I think from everyone like on behalf of the club, we'd just like to say thank you for everyone that came to the last two games at Foundation Park. Um, the second game, we weren't, we didn't really push it as much as we did in the first game, and to still get a really high attendance was amazing. Um, and I think it definitely helped us, especially against the Bournemouth game. We weren't really knowing what to expect from Bournemouth. Bournemouth can be a, quite a, a, good, a good team. So to have the they, crowd they behind like, they us... They were like Jekyll and Hyde, weren't they, in that game? Bournemouth were. That, when, that when game, they, they, they underestimated us a lot. So they played a lot of players that they don't normally play. So when they made five subs after we let um, we scored the last goal, you could tell that they were... Yeah, they were nervous and they didn't want to let it go. Um, but yeah, no, that was it's just amazing to have the crowd behind us. That's what we need as a team. And I think every women's team needs that. So not even like us, but the lower levels as well. Um, getting that support is just it's going to help us. I think even in the men's game, if you have the crowd behind you, it can go a different direction, even if you are the underdogs. And I think even like walking out, to it at the start of the match it's just been incredible to see all the play uh, people there clapping and like having mascots like little things like that it just makes you go this is why I love the game and this is why I'm playing for Swindon Town so it's yeah it's been an incredible journey and yeah just a massive thank you to everyone who came the last couple of games and whoever comes on sun uh, Saturday it's just amazing to have your support um and while you're answering questions, Beth, if I could throw one over, because we normally give this to, to Woody, but it, um, as we were saying off camera, it's nice to have two people on who can maybe talk a little bit more sense than Woody at times. Uh, it's, it's, not been a, uh, it's not been a bad weekend for the women's teams, has it? So Woody was saying about we hope the men's team win the game so that all the fans are up for it, but, but the women's teams are, are going in, in form after the, after the weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, our reserves players played against Kentsham reserves on the weekend, on Sunday, um, and they came out with a win. Um, so that was really good. And then obviously we played in the County Cup game or yesterday against Calm and we beat them 10-1. So it's been a really good weekend um, for everyone, really. And we had some under-18s players come up to the first team and they were incredible so it just goes to show that we've got a good connection we've got a good feed of players coming up um and it was really nice to have the youngsters with us um so yeah fair play to the under 18s that stepped up um yeah they they did themselves proud and it was lovely to play with them on that front i'm i'm kind of interested in in how both of you kind of view the the pathway because you know, obviously the, the majority of us have, have seen, will, will have followed the men's team for a long time and everyone's like, we love to see one of our own come through, but it's not always seen as the easiest journey to get from youth team into, into first team. Is, is it a similar story in women's football or is the pathway seem to be a bit easier? Um, <laughs> I think Go on, in terms of, yeah, in terms of Swindon Town um, women's team, we only have the under-18s and then obviously the development, but the under-18s as like a youth side. Um, when I started, we had under-10s, under-12s, under-14s, under-16s, under-18s, and then into your, your adult teams. So it's definitely changed from when, when I was young. Um, but then on the other hand, you have quite a lot of non-Swindon Town women um, 
youth teams, you've got your Spitfires, um, your Highworth, who have got very good teams as well. So I think a lot of them kind of go to outside of um, outside outside of Swindon Town for the youth, and then when they get to the 16, 18 year olds, they come to us because, well, like of course we're the higher standard of football in Swindon. We hope, um, but yeah, so it's it's kind of hard, I think, for. Um, it's a lot harder for a girl to get into football than a boy because there's a lot of boys' teams around. But I think the standard of um, girls' football in Swindon is so high because we only have that small niche group of um, players. So when they do get to us at under-18s, they're incredible. So it works out in our way in a little bit. Yeah, no. Well, well, I was just going to say something very quickly. It's something else that um, obviously gets the girls obviously um, very much drawn in as well as Swindon Town Football Foundation as well. Um, what they do for the uh, to give girls a chance and everything like that, and how they support it through all different kind of age groups as well. Um, and I think that also going around schools and everything like that, trying to get uh, uh, young girls into footballs. Um, is massive and that's something that they really aim to do um, now with their platform so um, that's another streamway in Swindon uh, that we've got the luxury of having Um, so yeah I I think that's just I think it's obviously fantastic what they do on top of that both me and oh sorry carry on no no you carry on (laughs) both me and Beth came from the um Commonwealth six form um, football program as well and you've got that um, so that's another step into professional football because the level that we were playing in our second year was like second to none um, so yeah I think that also is another step for women's, fo- uh, women's football in Swindon which is really great as well because you would have been playing teams uh, like big teams obviously uh, I know a couple of people that have obviously come through C6 um, at Commonwealth as well and um, the the, t- the type of clubs that uh, they were playing especially in the second year uh, were, were big teams big clubs uh, from all around the country yeah we had think uh, Loughborough who were really good um, Hubbersport can't think of, it, was a, it was a long time ago now but yeah um, we had quite yeah. a few really good teams yeah. <laughs> um, there was an interesting point made um just a second ago and it linked into a comment that I flashed up on the screen Um, and Beth I'd I'd like your opinion on this Um, when you see comments like uh, this one from Danny at lunchtime the girls and boys playing together and they name themselves after the men and women's team and the word inspirations being used do you feel that yeah I do I think you just have to look on Twitter and see how much more tweets we're getting um, through like this, the the town women's. Um, I think to actually think that girls are actually naming themselves after, say, one of our players, probably Annie, um, is 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 amazing. Um, so yeah, to think that we're actually inspiring girls that way as well, and to actually for them to be playing football in their schools, that's massive. Um, I don't know about you, Bri, but there was you wouldn't have girls and boys playing together there would be the odd people like I would play sometimes with the boys but 
it wouldn't be like integrated and we wouldn't socially be there. I'd just be standing there if the ball got kicked to me or that's a, that's another kick yeah. in the, in the, um, <laughs> at lunchtime. But yeah, yeah, to see that, it does make you proud. Um, I do just want to take a moment and, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm not out of turn saying this, but, but I've been assured multiple times it's okay. Uh, but congratulations <laughs> to, to regular captain Re. Yeah. I was so conscious of getting it wrong. Um, who announced yesterday that given birth to baby Rex. Uh, so from everyone at Falls Rushing, congratulations to the whole family. Um, I'm sure they are very happy, very proud, and I'm sure Beth, Bryony, and, and the rest of uh, the rest of the team are as well. We talk about mindsets, Fifey, when she announced it to the team. She finished <laughs> off the message with, I can't wait to come. This, the return starts now. Um, so that, <laughs> that puts you in the mindset of, of, the, of the women's skipper. It's good. <laughs> it just, just wants to get back now. Just leave Baby Rex to the side and just come back playing. <laughs> He um, has already sorted out start... um, baby care. <laughs> can I just Go on, add, Craig. Yeah, can I just add, Fifey? Um, my lad plays at under-15 level. He, he plays in the sort of Gloucestershire area. And um, he was playing against a, a team that had a, a, a girl playing in, the, in, in, in that side. And so going back to what we were saying earlier, it's good that they are playing together because I'm, I'm guessing sort of where, where she was, there's not... There's, there isn't um, much core for, for women's football because it's sort of Gloucester area where I guess rugby's more dominant. But um, both teams were kicking the shit out of each other and they were also kicking the shit out of the girl as well. They, they weren't holding back or anything like that. It was very much... And she was given as good as she got as well. So it was just really good, really good to see. And um, yeah, I, I just thought, thought I'd mention that because it was, it, was, it was really good to see. No, absolutely. Um I don't want to take up too much of your evenings, ladies, but again, as we said off air, I'm more than happy if you want to stay on for the entire show because there's a lot for us uh, to talk about. But uh, one final question, if I may, um, and I'll start with Beth. How confident are you of victory at the weekend? Uh, I don't want to sound too, too big-headed. <laughs> but... No, do it. It's fine. Whether I'm like on the pitch or wherever I am, I yeah, we want to absolutely <laughs> smash them up, really, um, and like just show everyone what, That's, uh, what we're capable. Uh, don't don't let me bully you into any result. And that's and that's why we sponsored her. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Polton. We love that fighting talk, Beth. Definitely. We will, uh, Bryony. What do you think the the ultimate aim for this season is for the women's team? Um, I think to get as many people um, as possible uh, behind us. Um, okay. As as many people as possible, getting more girls into football, especially within our uh, youth teams. And then, I'm not sure about this season, but in the next two seasons, we definitely want to be fighting for promotion. Um, we could possibly do it this year, but obviously, in perspective, we've only just um, got the um, backing. And so, you know, it, things take time. But yeah, we definitely want to just push up and up. 
Uh, ben obviously didn't like them fighting words from Beth and just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> you clearly scared him. You intimidated him. Um, sticking effect. with that, Bryony, um, do you think this is the start of a cup run for this season? Definitely. I think in previous seasons, um, the FA Cup has been very different in our perspective. We haven't had the backing from the men's team. We haven't had that financial backing. So the FA Cup is massive to any female football team because the money behind it and the thought of potentially being able to have a new kit for the season or something like that is that money from the FA Cup. So every single season, the FA Cup is a big game. And even though we've got the backing now, it's still going to be huge for us because it's the FA Cup and, you know, anything can happen in the FA Cup. No, absolutely. Um, welcome back, Ben. We were just saying when you disappeared that uh, Beth obviously intimidated you uh, and you got scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got intimidated. and uh, yeah. It's, a, it's important <laughs> to note as well, Fifey, the mass increase in the prize money this year as well. There's, there is a massive increase in the prize money. So even, even, even I say Bolton, even whoever loses on Sunday, uh, that's me with a fighting talk now. It's not, I'm not even managing this. Um, um, send me off, I still win the league. Um, but the it's yeah, the money, even the money for either side is massive this year. You know, the FA have really stepped it up in terms. Of, I can't even remember what the figure was I quoted earlier in the year, but last year's round that the women's got to would have been worth over six grand, you know. Uh, compared to what I think they probably got would have been around two and a half. Um, so, it's, you know, it's a massive, massive increase. Um, uh, sorry, Kevin. I was going to say, I'd just add that on to the general interest that we hopefully will get as well. Um, it, I, I asked the, the two ladies there, would it be remiss of me not to ask you as well, are you confident that, uh, that there'll be a win at the weekend and, uh, and the start of a cup run? No, they're going to get spanked. Um, <laughs> Poulton, Poulton has just signed up at Bristol City. Um, the, no, no, I am, I am confident. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I am confident. The occasion will provide a good game of football. Um, you know, they'll, you know, Poulton won't be a pushover. They definitely won't be a pushover, despite as Brian, Brian said, kind of the tier difference um, can, you know, change the quality quite rapidly. Um, you know, for the good and for the bad, there are some teams, as Brian rightly said, in Tier 5. You know, Rich knows when I was at Abingdon, we were beating Tier 4 and Tier 3 teams. Um, so it's there is that gulf of difference, but I do think that we will just have that slight edge on them this weekend, and I think we will we will come away with a win. I do enjoy how different people use this platform for different things. Ben's obviously promoting himself on every possible podcast so that <laughs> he gets comments like this put up on our chat screen. And then you've got Woody, who at every possible I opportunity so just highlights his own CV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not, this season, no. Not this season, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ned, just come say hello. If anyone wants to, just do. Watch the chat. <laughs> But Nick's not here, so Ben's trying to get all the fans. <laughs> um, Ned, obviously, Hello. you've waited a long time for, for Bryony to come on here and make her Fool's debut. Um, so it's an opportunity now for, for you to have your say. Um, how proud Please are you to have a family member first. representing <laughs> Swindon Town? <laughs> yeah, that's 
when he said, I probably should just slightly clear it up and say, uh, this is my niece. Uh, <laughs> Although you're pointing the wrong way, mate. <laughs> oh, no, oh, I've mirrored my thingy. Sorry, I'll point this way. Because <laughs> on my screen, I'm pointing a bit. <laughs> anyway. Uh... <laughs> right. The professionalism of this podcast just gets better and better, doesn't it? This is why this is why Beth waited months before coming back on because she knew what an absolute carnage it was going to be. No, honestly, I am so proud of Bry. Honestly, so so proud uh, in every capacity, in every facet possible, um, football-wise. Uh, you know, just how nice a person she is, uh, how well she's doing with the university work. She's absolutely incredible. So. Love it to bits. I'm so proud of her. It's ridiculous. Uh, and and a similar sort of question to you, Bryony. Uh, Nick's just put there. Um, dish the dirt on Ned. <laughs> Is he as nice a guy as he comes across to us every single week? He's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He'll come and pick you up at three a.m. whenever you ask. That's all I want. <laughs> three days a week. Sorry, that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I have to, because he'll keep moaning at me in the private chat if I don't uh, clear up the fact that we're very lucky to have Rich uh, guiding us in the way of women's football as well. So thank you, Rich, for all your hard work uh, in in educating us, uh, ladies. It's been an absolute pleasure again. Uh, if you'd like to stay with us for the rest of the episode, you're more than welcome. We are set to move on. I want to wish you both the very best of luck for, for Saturday and for, for this weekend. We'll be promoting everything we can for Saturday and hope as many fans as possible do stay to watch. Um, but good luck for the rest of the season. And we hope that that you'll come back on Fools Rush In uh, very soon and, and talk up the women's game some more. Um, but thank you very much for your time tonight. Thank you so much for your support, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank You're you welcome. for inviting Good luck for the rest on. of the season, both Hope of you. Hope to see you at the game. Yeah, yeah see you there. See you there. Right, bye. <laughs> bye. <If you're> <laughs> I don't. I don't fancy it. I'm not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't sell it enough. To me. Didn't sell it enough. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, and again, thank you so much to, to both of them for their time. It's it's invaluable to us to to get people of of genuine uh, genuine comment and resource to to discuss this sort of thing, so that Woody can have a night off from it um, more, as much as anything. Um, let's move on. And the breaking news tonight was the FA Cup draw. Now, I'm hoping this has worked because this was a very, very last minute edit. But before we get on to it, I've been requested to show I recorded reactions to every single draw waiting for Swindon Town to come out the hat. And this was my reaction when the uh, draw finally happened. Watching the FA Cup draw, Stockport away. We don't want Stockport away. That's not a first round draw for us. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Needless to say, I was ecstatic. Absolutely ecstatic at the draw. Um, Ned, <laughs> apart from hoping that I got that video on in time for this stream, what was your reaction to the draw? Oh. Well, um, I said on the last pod, I was like, uh, it'd be bottom four. 
Um, but they're, they're, and, um, they're, they're fifth from bottom, aren't they? So I almost almost smashed it. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll beat them. It's fine. They're rubbish. <laughs> Um, was I think it was you that was saying off air? Um, you don't think it'll be as as um, a game that we should win, like the like the league game was? Yeah, I, I worry about it this time. I, I think we had a chance to beat them at their place in the league game, and we didn't go through with it. And I think they were in a bit of a bad patch then. Um, so I think it'll be a bit of a tougher test. Um, first round, you always want a home game, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you can bring a crowd in. Everyone loves the FA Cup. Um, I hope we can do it, but it's going to be a tough a tough game, I feel. Um, Craig, your your reaction to the draw? Happy, sad, indifferent? Yeah, fair, fairly indifferent, um, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, I might try to, to go to that game because I, I like Edgeley Park. I, I haven't been there for donkey's years, so I'd like to see what it was, what uh, how much it's um, it's changed. But um, you, you know, it, you, you prefer to have a home game, don't you? Really, if, if possible, whoever you're playing against. So, and like I said in the last when, when we were thinking about who we'd like, I would have liked. Um, Port Vale at home, but um, but there, there we go. So yeah, but the thing is, you know, like Warren said, we, you know, we we were. I think we it, it was a tough game for us when when we drew with them that time, and um, we were. I think we were probably quite fortunate to get away with a draw, to be honest. So, but it's the FA Cup; anything can happen, can't it? So you know, we're, the thing is, we're in relatively good form at the moment as well. If we continue that good form up until we play Stockport, then we've got a good chance of getting through to the next round, regardless, I think. Um, Rich, the, the key thing here is, compared to the, the league game, Swindon aren't necessarily the same side that they were then, but nor really are Stockport. Yeah, no, I think we've kept on from then, really. Um, obviously, we when we played Stockport, I don't think we'd had a win uh, yet under... Um, Oh no, we did. We just beat Rochdale, didn't we? Three 0 didn't we? Just before, um, but really, we didn't have a lot of momentum. To be quite honest with you, we were still trying to find our feet. We were trying to gel. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I think obviously Lindsay's got to know his team uh, a lot better since then as well. Um, I think we would definitely give Stockport uh, a good game for sure. Uh, not like it wasn't. Uh, well. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't really because uh, I, I was at the game earlier in the season, and when I saw the draw, I was like, oh, "Fuck's sake!" Literally, pretty much similar to what you, yours was. To be honest with you, yeah, like, you just didn't record it. I just didn't record it. No, um, I was very much like, "Ah, oh, we've just got a club. We've literally played them less than two months ago at their place. I would have much rather had a closer away game." Uh, down here, it's not like we've we're we're lacking in game away games up north this season, are we? <laughs> um, so uh, really, I'd have preferred us to have a, a game closer, which doesn't soak up all my petrol money. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, Stockport, uh, and I think a, <laughs> I think what a lot of people have said uh, on socials and all that sort of stuff. It's a very winnable game. Um, and we've got to go in there with the same mindset as we did last season when we went into the FA Cup, when we beat Crew 3-0. I think a lot of people seem 
to forget that game uh, and how well we played in that game. I know crew were rubbish, but still we then went, brought a big crowd with us to Walsall um, and drew Man City in the FA Cup. So it's what dreams are made of. And uh, I think Bryce said to it um, in, in the women's FA Cup, it's the same thing, isn't it? In the women's to the men's as well. It's the magic of the FA Cup. You never know what's going to happen. Um, whether or not we go in as favourites or not, I don't think league, especially not in League Two anyway, I don't think league positions really count for much, to be quite honest with you, because it's such a topsy-turvy league. Um, so we've just got to go in there with the best form possible, really. Um, Paddy's been in touch on Twitter. Very disappointed with the brilliantly sponsored Paddy Stavros FA Cup first round draw. Hopefully go there and execute some silky wizardry football to purloin a place in the second round. Now, I get accused at work sometimes of using over-the-top and unnecessary language, but that's some of the things we get messaged, I have to read two or three times to understand what exactly is going on. Um, ben, this is your ultimate moment, really, because you are the best hype man in the business. Tell us why this is a good FA Cup draw and not the dull draw that most people have commented on Twitter that it is. Oh, you screwed me over there, Fifey, really, because my reaction was the same as your reaction. It's the same as every single Swindon Town fan's reaction of the FA Cup. Was just... Come on, Ben, defend the, in uh, come on, ben, defend the indefensible. <laughs> defend the indefensible. Take that as a natural good cup. Look, it's, it's very winnable. That's what I will say. It's very winnable. Um, I think we've got a good opportunity getting through to the second round, uh, as will Stockport think the same as well. Um, um, yeah, uh, it, it, it's not one that gets the pulses racing. It could have been a lot worse, but it's not quite Charlton or Oxford or Port Vale that we all secretly wanted. Maybe we'll get them in the second round. I wanted Colville away, I'll be honest. Of course you <laughs> I'm 20 minutes from my house. <laughs> I want to your market. <laughs> um, Woody, um, I've, I've given you a chance to get a breather after being the uh, <laughs> the other main talking point in the first section of the show, but what was your reaction to the cup draw? Um, I mean, it's not it's not a glamorous cup tie, is it? But, I mean, for a few years we were there saying which non-league team are going to knock us out this year. So, it's in some true. ways, as much as, as much as I wanted, I actually wanted a non-league away day because... You know, I like that for the non-league team itself. Um, it would have been quite nice, but I actually think that maybe this is, you know, as as Rich has already said, you know, you've we've done Crew, we've done Walsall the last couple of seasons, and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's a very it is very winnable tie. They will be, but they will be difficult. There's no denying that. Um, given the fact that they haven't started the season as well as they probably expected, or as well as and most people expected, except for I think me and Waza, who definitely predicted they wouldn't be in the top half of the table. Um, the, the will their focus be elsewhere? You know, they might have a focus on the league in, in concentrating on trying to stay in the league. So that might that might work in our favour. Um, I think we'll win it. It's just it's just a shame. It's not really it's not a tie that's going to take up hundreds, uh, take up thousands. You know, it's um, yeah. But as always with the away fans, we'll still take a few up there. Um, I, I might even go. I haven't checked the actual date yet, but I'd probably end up going because um, I don't get to go to many away games at the moment. But yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the FA Cup, isn't it? It's the FA Cup. For me, I still want it to be the magical FA Cup, regardless of what happens with the Premier League teams when they get into it. For me, it's the, still the greatest domestic competition in the world. Um, yeah. And I think the fans are the only thing left to really make that still the case. 
Um, before we move on to Saturday's game, Ben, we've had a tweet in for you. Uh, keeps going dark where Ben is. Is he in witness protection? Can you confirm, has Sarah finally had enough and locked you up? And it gets too comfy. If I turn the big light on, it looks like I've got a halo. So I've got the back two smaller lights on. It's not really quite bright enough. So next what week, I would uh, what I would blink, recommend blink is twice, after the show twice. have after the show speak to Rich because he knows someone who can install one of those where you just clap and it turns on. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I might do that. I'm gonna get a lamp and just install it over there next to me and just point it at my face. But all this we'll all this uh, yeah, all this high wage I give you for these pod appearances, and you can't even get proper lighting. No, I know. It's just me fishing for a bigger cut, really. Price, bigger cut of the pie. It doesn't If Ben moves somewhere else, he ends up having trees growing out of his head. So. <laughs> <laughs> I look like Cherebo West. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a... Nice. Ben, how do you how do you expect Sarah to do her colouring in in the dark? I don't really understand. <laughs> oh, the look she just—you've got a meter on the dark now. <laughs> Surprised we can see Ben's reaction as the light is terrible, or maybe it's the tactics so nobody can see what he really thinks. <laughs> um, let's yeah, talk about right. let's talk about the game, shall we? Um, Swindon Town come away with three points. Um, I'm sure we will, well, we will almost certainly come on to the goal because I've been sent a question about it. Um, but let, let's talk about the game itself. Ben, you were there. Uh, you did a nice little yeah, hack yeah. report for, for anyone who follows us on TikTok and I imagine it appeared on Instagram as well, Craig. Yeah. It does, uh, yeah. So, so, so tell us what you thought, Ben. I think it was a largely forgettable game. Um, I think it's, we got, the best thing about it really was the three points. Um, I think Colchester came to spoil. They came for a point. They had no intention of trying to score a goal, really, which was a bit disappointing because Sai came all fired up. But they were coming in decent form and then give us a bit of a game. Um, and after the first 20 minutes, the game sort of turned to a bit of a damp squib. Uh, we had a perfect good goal, disallowed. Still don't know. I've seen it like two or three times. Apparently, it was a push by Baldry, but there's no push there. Um, possible one or two shouts of a penalty. Um, I think we just about deserved to win because we were the only team who were trying to win the game. Um, but it's not a performance to write home about. It'll be complete, quickly forgotten. Um, but a very, very important three points that keeps us up amongst them in the top seven. So it was yeah, a good absolutely. win at the end of the day. Um, ben mentioned the goal there was uh, that was ruled out. Um, I know they were discussing this on OSC earlier, and if you haven't watched it, uh, hashtag they let Nick speak. Um, he, uh, our very own Nick, oh. appeared on OSC. So if you missed it earlier, please do go back and uh, and watch it. But what was your thoughts, uh, was it? Should the goal have been disallowed? No, I'm with Ben. I, d I didn't really see a lot wrong. Um, you see this all the time from set pieces. You. You have blockers in there that are designed, you know what I mean, to stop the opposition. And it seemed like it worked really well. It left Blake Tracy on his own. It was a good header. Um, 
yeah, and I don't see a lot wrong with it, to be perfectly honest. From I was that sort of side towards that, and I didn't see nothing wrong with it. And I think a lot of people around us were a bit surprised, but it was an instant. The referee blew his whistle instantly. Um, but on the performance, I thought it was totally dominant. I thought we were... I thought the first 20, 25 minutes, we were really at it. I think Lindsay wanted us to go at them hard, and we did. And We did. We created some some chances. I think we had a few balls in the box. We played a lot down our right side. You know what I mean? It all went through Hutton and Gladwin down that side on the right. Um, I thought we played some really good stuff. I thought we knocked the ball about. Um, it, it's hard because when they come to sit for a point, you've got to do something to try and break them down. And we would, it, it was the right thing that we were trying to do, get the balls down the sides, try and, you know what I mean, move them about, go left to right. And yeah, I thought we'd done it well. We just, if we would have got that goal early, like the Blake Tracy goal, it could have been an easy three or four comfortable win. But when you've got a team that just sit in like that, as long longer the game went on, it was always going to be more difficult for us because they were going to see that point getting closer and closer. Um, and we were going to have to do more to win the game. And we got really lucky with the goal, but I'll, I'll let another lad talk about that. He's never even had a shot. <laughs> well, let, let's, not, let's not jump the gun, because I want to ask Rich. Uh, Warren used the word dominant, which it may have been, but was it entertaining? Well, I think, we, uh, firstly, I think we need to start putting some respect on Sade's name. Um, you can't come at me with that after what you were saying at Stevenage. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'll sound like the biggest hypocrite ever. No, um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, absolutely dominant. Uh, I think obviously, look, I mean, if you look at all the games that we've played this season, we've uh, more than dominated in terms of possession and everything like that. Um, and uh, like Warren said, I think in terms of uh, in terms of the goal, I think um, really we didn't we when we scored that goal that was disallowed. Um, usually, when that goal goes in, um, we tend to sit back a little bit, and we have done that in quite a few games this season. We've we've won maybe only, I think the biggest scoreline we've won is. Oh, yeah, apart from Rochdale. I keep forgetting that one because I wasn't actually at that game. But uh, apart from that, it's only been like one nils or two nils or two ones. Um, and, you know, I, th I, I really, I, th I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think, I think although we've got the dominance in possession, I think we really need to be starting to go at these games now and actually winning a little bit more convincingly because I don't feel as if, that we've we've quite nailed that on yet with Lindsay. I don't I don't think he. It, it seems as if he's just trying to see through games at the moment, yep. and he's not actually going full out to win like three three or four nil, which we could easily do. We could easily do, and I think uh, with the players, I think Jeff Cott still looked a little bit uh, isolated. Okay. Um, but I do think the combination with Wakeling and Williams, I think I thought Williams was absolutely outstanding at the weekend. Yeah. I thought he was the star yeah. player. Um, and it, it did worry me because he didn't have the best games against Stevenage um, after coming back from international break. I know he didn't play, but that's still a week without playing. But um, yeah, yesterday, uh, sorry, Saturday even, came back, 
and um, showed the Williams that we know what he's like. I thought he was, I thought he was brilliant. I thought he's the star player, and I thought there was uh, there was a few other good, uh, really good performances out there. But um, I think the next thing with Lindsay now, I think the next progression is Lindsay is getting a convincing win because although it was potentially a goal of the season from Chardet. Don't even start with me. <laughs> I still think um, we should have scored more goals. Um, before I hand it over to any of the other guys, I, I'm slowly getting the hang of things that I can and can't do well live on screen, including apparently holding the cat that won't leave me alone. Um, I have to say huge credit to Danny, who has very quickly thrown together a no context fools rush in graphic together on Twitter. And uh, there it is. <laughs> we've got the big book of colouring in. We've got the definition of a loon. We've got clap on. We've got must-win game. It's all there. Um, we always say we fully um, appreciate and welcome all content by everyone. It, it, we we love how involved everyone is within Fools Rush In, and it's just that sort of stuff that really makes us laugh every single day. Wifey, can you just oh, back up again? Okay. I just wanted to see. I just wanted to see if there was something on there. Oh yeah, Dell. Yeah, that's that's what I was looking for. Sorry. <laughs> which which one in particular? Book. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, right. Who who haven't I come to yet? Craig, how important was that win? Yeah, of course it was important because we, we we know that every time that we drop points, the pressure is going to be on Lindsay, whether that's right or wrong. Um, you know, for, for me, yeah, we dominated possession. I don't think it was the best performance. I thought it was an incredibly dull game to watch. Um, but we got the three points at the end of the day, which was which was which was important. You know, Chardon fraud, you know, scored, you know, Chardon obviously. But to be honest, to be honest, I couldn't care if it came in off his arse or his elbows. You know, it went in. That that was the main thing, and, and we and we got the we got the three points. Um, you know, it was um, we're beating the teams that are in the bottom half, like Colchester. But we, you know, we, we're saying that we dominated it. But Colchester were absolutely shite. They were absolutely shocking. And if we didn't come away with a win against a team like that, then questions would be quite rightly being asked why, why we didn't. But um, but I, I was just pleased for the win. Pleased for I'm always pleased that we get the win. You know, even if we don't play that well with a convincing, you know, with, with a convincing performance. But like Rich was saying, we, we need to go out. You know, if we if we're gonna make the playoffs, as as some of us think we we can. Um, we need to be getting good performances against the teams above us as well and putting in dominating performances to to win, you know, to to, to get up there. So, um, but I'm, I'm pleased with the result. Um, you know, we've got another good chance on Saturday against Hartlepool, another team that's out of form. And, um, you know, if we could put them two back together. And, and one thing that hasn't been mentioned at the moment, if you have a look at our form, and I've been critical of Lindsay, maybe harshly so, you look at his form... Um, for this time last, compared to this time last season with Ghana, it's it's more or less the same. And Ghana didn't have anywhere near as much um, pressure heaped upon him as what Lindsay has so far. So maybe I've been a little bit harsh with my judgment on Lindsay. Um, but um, 
yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, so you know, we're, we're probably in a better position than what we than 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 what we think at the moment. I don't think we're brilliant. You know, we're we're playing well and we're in a good position, but we need to improve, and we need to, um, to in order to challenge for the playoffs. Um, I think we should be in the top three, but I, I think with the squad we've got, it, it's just not. That's not going to uh, unless we get a really good January. That's just not not going to happen. So, but yeah, another win against Hartlepool, and three three points on Saturday. That was that that was the main thing for me. Three points. Well, on the subject of Hartlepool, just a reminder that Grant from Lower League Look will be joining us on Friday's episode to preview that game. That should be a laugh. Um, and and just as I say that. Uh, lower league look pops in. Look, there you go. Uh, lovely kebab before Bradford. Um, Woody, uh, Dan made a very good point, um, and I know again it was it was discussed earlier on OSC. We're saying Colchester came for a point and nothing more, but there was that one glorious opportunity that that they had that, and it could have quite easily ended up one nil the other way. Yeah, it could have been, but then if you're out of form, you tend not to you tend to miss more sitters, don't you? It's um, that's, unfortunately that's the way football goes. Sometimes we've seen it ourselves when some of our best strikers will will miss sitters because the the team's low in confidence or or whatever. So, um, the, um, but yeah, I think it was you know I said was it last Monday whenever it was I was last on. Um, it was most important that we recover from the loss from the last from the from the loss i didn't care whether it was one nil seven nil or whatever we just needed to win that game um good to hear that the likes of williams are getting you know getting the good praise that i i personally think he deserves i think he gets a lot of criticism because of because of his name tag um and, and things like that i think he gets a lot more criticism than he actually deserves um but the um you know I, i'm not even going to talk about shades miscontrol um <laughs> it's um yeah i mean I, i'm actually okay. upset by nick comparing comparing shay to an actual legend <laughs> so nick is in my bad books and can stay on osc for the rest of his life <laughs> <laughs> um i've been i've been purposely saving it um because i know ned that for some unknown reason you will want to wax lyrical about what i'm sure you're going to describe as some sort of thunder bastard into the corner not at all no no it was just <laughs> if it was if it was messy you know who who were uh, you know side footed it gently into the corner <laughs> <laughs> we'd all be we'll be waxing lyrical won't we um no, but i think we no, should give this man a bit more woman bit more respect oh god oh, oh god that <laughs> I think we should give him a bit more respect. Next is ours, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, it's out, isn't it? Apologies. <laughs> Ned, <laughs> you've shown so much respect, I can't even see his name. <laughs> well, unfortunately, half the lettering's coming off already. Well done, Swinnertown Superstore. Fucking shit. No, no. That's, just, that's just being flaky like the player. <laughs> Um, I, I was I was thinking about um, the performance, and I, unfortunately, I didn't get to see all of the game because um, I was picking up a bed for my daughter, which uh, which was wonderful choice timing. And our car broke down, 
uh, just then. So, so when, not, remember not, earlier when I said that people use this platform for their own agenda, like Woody with his CV, Ned just uses it as a sounding board. <laughs> Um, (laughs) um, I was I was thinking about like um, because you know like Swindon and how they're playing and everything else. I was trying to think of who else it reminds me of, and when watching match of the day um, and watching um, the experts analyze Leicester, and and to be perfectly honest, I think we play quite similar in when we're attacking Um, the. That, you know, at any one point, there was only one or two people in the box, you know, for, for the crosses. And there's just not enough midfield. I mean, you just, you can see all the midfielders like in a, like a D shape going round the box. You think, well, just fucking step inside. You know, the more people we got in the box, the more we got chance for all these crosses that had taken place. So, you know, was it, someone said something like 38 times that um, Hutton got the ball in the box or whatever it was. In the last three games or something, yeah. I mean, surely, you know, if you've got an extra player or two in the box, at some point you're going to score more goals, aren't you? But um, the other point I was going to make was um, that everyone keeps saying that we keep playing against these poor teams. Well, hang on. At what point is it going to be the fact that we're making them play poor because of the way that we're playing? So, you know, it it can't all be like doom and gloom around Swindon. I mean, I know that there's an element of, you know, we're not scoring enough goals. We're not having enough sort of brilliant creative chances, which is an absolute fair fair point. But it also means that the other team isn't scoring as many goals. I mean, obviously, thank God, you know, um, Colchester had their own version of Omar Bogle up front. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, they would have, it would have been 1-1, wouldn't it? But um it's yeah. It's it's just you know maybe we need to give our team a bit more credit. And the third thing I wanted to say as well is I was looking at the personal duels that all the players made on the pitch, and there was only two players that won. In fact, three players that won over fifty percent of their personal duels, whether that be in the air or on the floor. And I thought that's that's pretty shit as well. So we need to improve winning our own personal duels. Um, I mean. Thankfully, Newball was proper shit as well. But Matthew Baldry, I always remembered him being really solid in the air. He only won three out of ten personal duels in the air, which is, as far as I'm concerned, that's really, really poor. But um, yeah, I'm no genius, but that's about 30%, Ned. What's that, sorry? I I personally worry about Baldry at the minute. I think there's been a couple of errors in games that he's made and the team against us hasn't been good enough to put it away. He had a shocker of a back pass against Newport that they could have killed us for, and quite easily knew... Where was he going for Newport's chance on Saturday? You know what I mean? Baldry has scampered across there, and he has missed him, and he's missed the ball as well. At least take one of them. Take the player or take the ball. <laughs> you know take I mean? one of them. Yeah, he's got to take one of them. Ideally the ball, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I worry. I worry about Baldry at the moment. I think in these big games when we come up against these teams, I think we look really shaky. I think Stevenage was get you know, on. That to be fair. but I think we get bullied. And I think so. I went out the lawyer's back. We got that physical presence. Don't worry, lads. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah, but we need it at the back. <laughs> You're getting on those yeah. crosses too. You will get in on them crosses. I don't worry about. Boundaries so much. I think when obviously he does make a because I mean players make a bad pass every game. Like not every pass is perfect. 
like sort of thing. Like, I get it against Newport, and I saw I saw the pass, and yeah, it was a bit risky. But I think as long as you can recover from it, and as long well, as we that didn't broke, recover, Rich, they just bugged yeah. it up. Do you know what I mean? We didn't we, we didn't recover the ball. Like, you know, what I mean, I'm not I'm not taking this as that I'm a boundary like fit. I just don't know at the moment with the big games that we've got coming up. I think he is a weak link in our back four. And that's my put you know what I mean? That is just for you know what I mean. You know I'm a big McDonald fan and I think we miss him massively in these games, in the games coming up as well. But yeah, I'm just I, a I, bit I, concerned. I, we had a to we totally dominated that game. And we could have quite easily, with that chance that Nubal had, he should have scored. And that was a massive concern for me. Uh, that's why Nubal never made it in our squad, was it? Well, <laughs> speaking of which, and it'll... Uh, I'm surprised, surprised, surprised Nubal didn't score, to be quite honest. He usually scores against us. Well, so. speaking of which, it'll get discussed on Friday, but I do believe there'll, there'll be another former town striker in uh, in Hartlepool's ranks, won't there? So... Uh, yeah. I, I, and I hated him as well. Yeah, Robin. <laughs> Woody knows my views on uh, on him as well. Yeah, they're wrong. guy with his goal scoring record, and you didn't rate him. <laughs> let's uh, let's address the elephant in the room, then, lads. And uh, we've been sent a question this time by Dale. Um, and, and I will tell you how the conversation went on this one as well. I've got no problem sharing that. Uh, they, bear in mind, all jokes aside, all, all personal feelings and banter aside, every goal counts regardless. Um, but I got sent this message uh, and I'm glad I did because it meant it wasn't my personal agenda that, that, that brought this out. Uh, question for Monday night's show. Um, let, let's give him his full title as he scored. Sade's finish has got to be the worst I have seen. It was a striker's dream ball to attack, but Sade ma uh, managed for it to... Oh, managed for it to hit him and go in. Which is the worst finish stroke goal scored you have seen for Swindon? To which I, I instantly replied when I saw this. I said exactly the same in our WhatsApp. My answer would have to be his first goal for Swindon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but in but all again, all jokes aside, can you think of any other? Let, let's go. Let's not go with rubbish or shit. Let's go with fortunate goals. Who who else can think of some fortunate goals Swindon have scored I, over I, the years? I mean, we, we, must had, we, we, we must have had at least twenty under Sheridan. <laughs> fortunate goals. Yeah, broadband. No broadband. Oh, okay. Winner of Oxford. Yeah, that a header from thirty-five yards. That was a fortunate one. <laughs> I hate to say it, and, and he he's he's one of my heroes, obviously, but Alan McLaughlin's goal in nineteen ninety, the deflection. I mean that was one hell of a okay. it'd probably be it'd probably be an own goal these days, wouldn't it? So yeah, that that was um Mark's not goal. uh Mark's not hanging about either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Eric Sabin was a legend. <laughs> the Swindon Henry. The Swindon Henry. Oh, he's better than Henri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Does, okay, no, let, let's... Are you considering other fortunate goals? Does anyone think he's genuinely meant to score that? No, no chance. He's never genuinely meant to score that. Quality finish. I think the intention was there. He's hit it. He's, got, he's trying to put it with his left. No, he's gone his to trap the ball. Wrong. He's gone 
to trap the ball in his pants he didn't exactly it. right it's poor it's poor control it's a yeah. continental control <laughs> it's, he's the ball's coming behind him and he's trying to control it miscontrolled it and the key and the even the keeper's gone fuck me i thought he was going to control that <laughs> <laughs> how clever yeah, is that Pukas, <laughs> the left, standing foot, the keeper perfect he yeah. didn't intend to, to shoot, obviously. Do you think he intended to do that celebration as well? Because that was, I was shit just going to well. say that. He nearly stacked him for the second time. Fuck it. He's going he's gonna to bloody injure himself if he keeps yeah. fucking doing that. I mean, that's... <laughs> um, I think I mean, this, this is, however, despite... Is it, it, it went in. It, it was a goal. Oh, there we go. Um, that comment yeah. there. Right That there. is what matters. Um, good strikers. Yeah, good strikers. Good strikers are about right place, right time. Shade was just playing a striker's role for about three seconds. Um, <laughs> decided that he realised where the eighteen-yard box actually is, and um, and and stood and stood trying to control it, ready for. I'm sure what would have been a spectacular flip up and bicycle kick or something that would have followed. Um, and yeah, and then it's hit his shin pad, and because it's hit the curb of his shin pad. It's rolled across the floor and gone into the goal. Um, I, I I think it stands to reason that you'd rather be lucky than good. I, I think is the fairest way to, to approach on. it. We've got no chance of anything on here, have we? We've got no chance. Not anymore. I think when Shade um... <laughs> <laughs> so found himself in, in the area, it was like that. It was like that episode of The Simpsons when Homer Simpson's dreaming of, of the world of chocolate and he's dancing around and all excited and shit like that. That's that's that was Shade's response when he was in the area and he actually found the ball to uh, to shoot a goal. <laughs> that was a great comment. To be fair, we should be talking more about the build-up because Jeff Cott's ball yeah. out to Williams was oh, decent, what a ball. and then yeah. Will and then Williams's ball yeah, across was, was cool, just great. Yeah, yeah. So. Maybe let's talk less about the finish because the build-up was very, very good. And, you know, I mean, how we want to... The, the build-up deserved the yeah. goal. So, in, in response to oh, the question I, I just flashed up on the screen... Can I respond to Gav there, right? Please. Okay, yeah, okay. He might score a couple of fluky goals. I just want him to do his, his actual fucking job. He <laughs> 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 doesn't do his actual job. Like, I'm not doubting that oh. he's got a little bit of talent. You can see it. But he's, he doesn't do his actual job. He goes backwards on the way. He cuts in too much. He doesn't actually go anywhere near the box half the time from the games I've watched. Like, I have no doubt he's got a little bit of quality in him. You can see it every now and then. But I'm sorry, but you get him and then you get Wakelin on the other side, uh, uh, Williams on the other side, completely different players. Wakelin does it a lot better than him. You know, it's uh, it just frustrates me. <laughs> it, it really frustrates me. The people think, oh, he scored a goal. He's the best thing since fucking sliced bread. Does that mean Jeff Cott's fucking shit because he's not scoring goals? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no. I want him to do his job. I want him to be what doing what Johnny Williams did. Where's Shade whipping the ball in for Johnny Williams to knock in on the bad post? It isn't happening, is it? So <laughs> to be fair, uh, I've not seen I've not seen, I've not seen Woody, Woody go off on a I've not seen Woody go off on a player like that in quite a long time. So <laughs> Jesus Christ! You can tell Willie's not a Shade fan. Well, Tyrese, he's my man. I I, I don't want to be horrible to the guy because I appreciate what Nick said the other week. He is right, 
and I do want him to do really well. But he is not as good. He's not as good as people are saying just because he scored a fluky goal. If you actually watch what he's supposed to do, I'm sorry, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do what he's supposed to do. That that element, yes, was probably the first time I've seen him in the area properly. Um, you know, throughout this whole season. Um, if he if he starts actually whipping a couple of balls in and starts assisting some decent goals, then uh, you know what it's worth. Right? I'd rather he didn't assist any goals right now. That would be ideal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless they've got Adeloy. Yeah, unless he's setting up Adeloy. To be fair, Tyrese only needs one assist, and that's going to beat Adeloy. <laughs> if we're completely honest with ourselves. Why is it right that the Adeloy's the winner of Brighton? For calling out shade, yet you can rip. With the Adeloy to pieces. Paul Burke's not even on the pitch. Minutes. He's only played 30 minutes. Oh, he's, he's played more than that. I think we did the calculations last time, didn't we? Over 100 minutes he's played. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, I believe it we did. worked it out did. he's played something like 104 minutes this season. Unbelievable. Um, he's not as bad as you're saying. Um, okay. Do you know All what? Right, the, right. the thing is, you're will, right. He will, probably will... isn't. We we are here to glamorise things for entertainment yeah. purposes as much as anything. However, I, I, I am inclined to agree with what Woody says, um, generally speaking. Um, and the other thing is that there is so much about what he potentially could be but just isn't. There is no sign of it. You know, it, I, I think, again, I, I was. it's because I was listening to the OSC but while I was setting this up because Nick was on, and, and I heard them make a point like, Shade's, we, we get told, and we have seen like two glimpses maybe this season that Shade is supposed to have real good pace. He's the slowest person with burning pace I've ever seen because he just doesn't move. He just he's stands. Lazy. He's lazy. I think he's lazy. I don't think I'm not I, saying that he's not a fast player. I just think he's lazy. You can see in his runs, they're just lazy. You can see in his fucking shots, they're lazy. I mean, if I, I would genuinely lazy shot. I would genuinely love to sit here and say, do you know what? Our criticism has been harsh. We were completely wrong. And by the end of the season, I'll be more than happy to hold my hands up and say, yeah, he proved me wrong. But at the moment. That the all round, like we've criticised Swindon Town's performance as a whole for most games this season, his performance generally lacks any positive. He, like <laughs> even the positives get get criticised. He scored two goals, which yeah is more than Adeloy, but it's like two of the worst goals we've ever, like he can't even score. <laughs> Good goals. His goals get criticised. And this is and this is the important thing. If people watch back to when we signed him, both Ned and I were like, "What a player!" We'd seen stuff that he'd done with um, previous clubs, etc. And even I thought, "What? That's not a bad comparison." To be fair, mm-hmm. um, and I was really looking forward to him doing. So, I, like I say, I I know you're right. I I do say it for a bit of entertainment value of how poor I actually think he he has actually been playing, um, but. It's you know he is he, I think in fact, I think that Woolery comparison that's just popped up is probably a very very accurate because um, Woolery was good on his day Woolery was absolutely class on his day but we only saw that day once you know once every twenty five games you know it's um and uh, and at least Woolery went into the went into the box. The I other, mean, the Steve, other crucial mean, thing. I feel. I mean, shade shade could break his neck for the team. Yet he decides to almost break his neck by doing his bloody 
shitty celebration. <laughs> God. The, the, God the, one right. thing, the one thing I would say, and, and then I'll let Ned have his say, because we do need to move on. You know, we've already done like 90 minutes. We've still got more to talk about. Um, but this comment I've got on the screen is absolutely true. And this is why we are here tonight. This is why there are people watching on various forms of YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Football is about opinions. We can all watch the same game and have completely different opinions. And that is what that is the reason we love football. It's because of how everyone can see it differently. You know, Ned, let's be honest, Ned doesn't love shade. He is doing it for banter because he knows how much we despise him at the moment. If we started saying that he was wonderful, we would never see the green shirt again. He's but, easily a million pound player, easily. Oh, someone mute him. <laughs> hey, this money ball is paying off, right? So let's leave it there. <laughs> I'm sure in Moneyball, one of the first ones signed was the one of the first ones sold as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Let Let's move on. I think, um, and because there is a serious topic that we do need to discuss. Everyone has been having their say. And we can't avoid talking about it. Um, we mentioned it after the statement on Friday, but it's important to remember that a lot of what we're reading is, is obviously second or third hand. Uh, I don't think many of us, if any of us, really witnessed exactly what happened. But there is clearly a lot of anger, disgruntlement, embarrassment, upset by the fan base about what was happening with younger supporters trying to, to get into the town end. We've all read the stories. We've, we've seen what evidence people have been putting forward. Everyone's trying to um, offer up reasons why it might be the case. And it was interesting that although there's not been an official statement, uh, a quote given to OSC earlier today that they read out was that it's not a new rule. It's a rule that hasn't been enforced properly, um, but recent, uh, and again, I don't, I might have to paraphrase, so please go back and watch the intro to it to hear exactly what was said. But it's it's a rule that they're, because of trouble that has been reported this season, they're having to uh, enforce a rule that is already there more proactively. Mm. Uh, and that was the key phrasing, was that it's already in place. It's not a new rule. Um, I mean, we'll all have an opinion on this, I'm sure. So I think what I'll do is I'll just kind of throw it over to, to one person and, and you guys jump in as you see fit. Ben, you've, you've, to be fair to you, you've been quiet for a while. So let's start with you. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone under the age of 16 has got any progressively worse over the last few years or so. I don't think this has been a, a major problem in town. There's been a couple of incidents um uh this season um the minor one and was very minor one versus newport because nothing really bad happened it's just a couple of kids wanted a few selfies on the pitch and ran on and then the what happened after the the sutton game wasn't it where the toilets got smashed up um so there's been a couple incidents but i think they're fairly isolated i think the club's got a little bit ott on this and a lot of kids See, I started going when I was 13 at Swindon. And, you know, when I was 14, I was going at games on my own. 
Um, I was getting the bus in from Barcelona. Um, I wouldn't be able to do that now. And I think that's going to be restricting a lot of kids trying to get to games in what could be a half-decent season this season. As You know, the target is promotion. Um, so I think it, I do think it does need a little bit of a rethink. I think the way we steward needs a little bit of a rethink. And I think um, there's other things that we can do rather than just blame the kids. Um, that's just my opinion. So the, think... the crucial things for me to hear are that is it is the younger fans that have been like picked out here, which I don't think generalizing and, I, you know, I've made it quite clear. I don't think generalizing the fan base like that is uh, is the right thing to do. You've also got the situations which, again, we can only comment on what we've read. They say that it was season ticket holders, it, you know, if they had junior season tickets, they were still allowed in. It was only match day ticket holders. Now we've had two or three people get in touch with us to say that wasn't the case. Season ticket holders were turned away. We've also got people saying that, that you know, juniors were allowed to go up and buy a ticket to then be turned away. Um, I'm not... I'm not going to fully go against the club. There's obviously a reason they're trying to do this in, but I think that the way they've communicated it was was poor at best, and the way they've implemented it was piss poor at best. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Like, um, let's let's get one thing straight though first, because uh, one thing that's coming out of out of this is that they're safeguarding. Um, it's a safeguarding issue, which is bollocks. It is. It's absolute bollocks. There was nothing in that statement that said about safeguarding for children under the age of sixteen for a start. Um, so if, if it was about if it was about safeguarding, then why not say that in the um, in the statement? Um, most clubs allow um, thirty um, kids over the age of thirteen um, to go unaccompanied. I know there's EFL guidance. There's EFL guidance that say that children under the age of sixteen should be accompanied, and I think Bristol Rovers and a couple of other clubs. Um, enforce that, but most clubs don't. I think it was Joe uh, Joe Russ Williams from um, Low Strangers. He, he rang around a, lo um, a load of the clubs, and 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 basically most clubs have the same policy that we do. Either 12, 13 or fourteen or, or older, you can you can go um, without an adult. Now, I, you know, I I was lucky that when I was supporting the club at the age of 10, 11, 12, um, this was during our relatively golden period of the early 90s under Ozzy Ardiles and Glenn Hoddle. And I went with my dad. When I was 13 and things started to go a bit downhill and everything under the Steve McMahon era and, and so on, 13, 14, 15, that's when I was going on my own with my mates, right? But those were the best years of, of, of my life. And that was when I was falling in love with this club and falling in love with going to football when I was able to go in the town end mm. with my mates, we were, we were even standing up there, and this was like fucking God, 25, 27 years ago now. I, I went to my, my two first references to your age you've given there, Craig. So people are quickly oh, doing the maths, realizing you're a lot older than you look. But oh, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I, went to, I went to Oxford away for the first time when I was 15 with, with, with my mates and everything. It, it was, you know, that's, you know, this this was the best time, best time of my life supporting the club because I was just enjoying it. That 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 those those moments. Now we're going to alienate a whole group of future fans, and you know, I, I know people have said, you know, because you know it's cost the club the damage to the seats that you know the club could get fined and stuff like that. So something has to be done. 
But the damage that this will cause to the club in the long term and in the future will be much worse because you're alienating fans who are not going to want to put their money into the into the um into the in, into the club. And what the club <laughs> needs to do, and what the club needs to do is first reverse the decision, um, apologise to the fans that they've turned away who've done nothing wrong. And then future decisions like this need to be discussed with the advisory board and the trust. Because this has been, as we said, this has been communicated in a piss poor way. And I can't believe for one instance that I, I, I'm really surprised um, that um, Rob Angus has signed up, off on this. You know, all the good work that the club has done is going to be undermined by this one thing, you know, and um it, it just annoys, and, and the club's made so much progress off the pitch, and then they go and do this, which is, which I said on Friday is a spectacular PR own goal, and um, you, you know it's you know people well, say we have to do something. do two wrongs make a right, you know that's 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 what they they're doing here. And did we hear any instances of the kids being turned away causing trouble? No, I, we haven't heard anything like that. So I think that the fact that the the club has tried to tar the brush, uh, to tar them all with the same brush at the ages of 14 to 16. Those were, that were turned away, did they cause any trouble? No, they didn't. They were probably gutted and everything. So I think that sort of goes against the whole, uh, like the club are, are thinking that these these kids are all troublemakers because that's basically what they've turned around and said. I'm struggling to think of a situation where an organisation have gone and made, uh, tried to resolve a situation and made it a lot worse. I'm struggling to find an analogy or a current well, situation in current times where that could be the case. But on that point specifically, Craig, and I'll throw it over to Woody because you're right. What what they've in theory and and it's hypothetical. We don't know the effects at this stage, but what it is a PR disaster because on the one hand, and we've just had 40 minutes at the start of our show talking about the women's game playing on the county ground in the FA Cup this weekend. And then on the other hand, there is a whole set of fans who may or may not have stayed behind to watch it, but currently will not be allowed in. Uh, Woody, do you think... I, I know we're, we're, gen, we're kind of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I know in that situation, I'm giving you the hypothetical but it is realistic that that could happen isn't it you could be losing a group of people who would stay to watch it because you're not letting them into the ground if they don't have a responsible adult yeah exactly yeah. and then they, the same week they've said that girls getting free you know in terms of for saturday's game and, and stuff like that um to try and promote girls going to football so if you've got i don't know a squad of a girls football team who want to go watch swindon they're all going to get turned away now because they won't have a responsible adult with them. Um, I think reflecting on what obviously what the tickers saying, it's not all. It's not. It wasn't already in place. That's bullshit. Um, because if it was already in place, why are you able to book an under sixteen ticket on their own on the ticketing yeah. system? I've booked many tickets for Melek, my my eldest, to to go to games when I've already had my ticket and I've just booked her one on her own in the town end. Um, so if that was already in place, then then they haven't even corrected it on their own ticketing system. It's probably corrected now because somebody's probably already said it. Um, I think they're just trying they're trying to dig themselves out of a hole that they've created. I just think they need to. There might be reasons behind it, but they just need to own up and say what those reasons are. 
you know, it's not as Craig said, it's not for safeguarding. Um, you know, even and we 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 tried to build so much around how youth has changed and all this. It hasn't changed. You know, I was, you know, I got in a few ruckuses when I was, you know, when I was 14, 15 years old. Many people do. That's just the way that life is. That's not going to change in 10 years time. And it wasn't different 10 years ago. Yes, you do get the show offs, the TikTok show offs and things like that now. But you deal with those individuals. And, you know, they talk about the damage to the toilets. Now, I might have missed this, but there was still no evidence to suggest that yeah. there was kids that did that. There was no no evidence has come out to say kids did that damage. Um, I have seen, in fact, I would probably argue with you that, yes, OK, we talk about the silly things that some of them said, like the ones that were booing Brent. They were clearly under, you know, under 18, if not under 16. Um, so what, you know, they they make silly comments. They might make silly, immature comments, but that's fine. But I see just as many adults, fully grown, probably older than me, walking in and trying to cause trouble, trying to, you know, wind up the stewards, throwing things on the pitch. You know, you look at pitch invasions, Rich. <laughs> you look at you look at pitch invasions. We have we have split opinions on this. I hate a pitch invasion because I think it's unnecessary unless you actually want something. Why are you looking but, at me? Because I know you do it. Because I know you've done it. Um, but you look at you look hang on, I'm just gonna stop that bus that Woody's <laughs> thrown you under there. <laughs> you know that bus you said you were gonna throw me under? But yeah, no, but you you've had selfies anyway, you've posted online, so it's it's not it's not unknown knowledge. I am but, not. Um, well Ross, Ross then has and you've been in that photo. But yeah, either way, um, either way, most of those people are not under 18s. A lot of those people are fully grown adults breaking the general rules of football. So what I'm saying is if if somebody comes onto the pitch who's 25, 26 years old, are they all of a sudden just going to say, right, no 25, 26 year olds doing it? It's not consistent. It's not a rule they can manage. It's, you know, and all it's doing is like the lads have already alluded to, it's all it's doing is tearing away a fan base. There's two things that are going to come up from it. It's either going to tear away a fan base or an attempt, which I hope, I God for sake, hope it's not, an attempt to get more money by asking the adults to take their kids to the games because obviously that's an extra 20 quid in the club's pocket. If I said to my dad, oh, I have to go with you, I went with my dad, similar to everybody who's said already, but I started going on my own 13, 14 years old. If I said to him, oh, dad, I really want to go to the football this week with all of my mates, can I go with you? He'll go, yeah, you can poke it. I'm not paying 20 quid to go sit with you and your mates. You know, it's it's ridiculous. It's Especially if you've got parents that have no interest in football. Yeah. What are they going to do with those people? There are parents up there where their kid loves football, but the parents don't. So what, what are they going to do with those people? It's oh, it yeah, it's a silly it's a silly thing. And the club are just, you know, bearing in mind that I'm technically integrated into the club now. It's it, they're not doing themselves any favour. And I'll quite happily say that to any of them if they ask me about it in the corridors tomorrow. So I'm going to throw something else into the mix, which I didn't know about. And again, this is, this is secondhand information. So I can't say the accuracy of it, but if it is in any way, shape or form remotely true, then it, it's just linking into this and, and making a, an already awful situation worse. But on our Facebook page, I got a message to say, um, that there is a rumour, and I will stress again, it is a rumour, that the club are even closing the Junior Reds room, which has been a great servant to fans of future for years. 
Um, the person who sent us the message say his two grew up using it and they're replacing it with a bar. This must be stopped and keep the Junior Reds room. Um, now, again, I can't say whether that is true or not, but it's just another poor, if it is in any way true, it's just another poor move for, for the younger fan base. Yeah, I read that. I think it was mentioned on the um, on the OSC earlier as well. It, it was mentioned on there. I think, uh, again, I don't know if that's been confirmed. I think as well... Uh, sorry, Craig. No, no, that's, that's, that's all I was saying, mate. You carry on. I think as well, when the Junior Reds originally run by the club. Um, so I think there, there might be reasoning behind that in terms of they want the Community Foundation to have more involvement with that because currently the Community no, Foundation do doing... But they're already using that, though. Woody. They've, they've done that for, for match days and everything like that before. Uh, the people I've spoken to there, that, that's what they use it for. All right. Well, but, I, I, yeah, I think I think it might. Yeah, I think there'll be. I don't think, like Fifey said, that would be a really stupid move. I think it's more of a case they're probably just changing it over to Foundation Park, um, you know, and things like that. And what they do at halftime is different, but... Um, I don't think I don't think they're closing the the facility itself. You, you wouldn't think that would be needed to be voiced, though. You'd think that would just like happen, though, because they've already been using it and already been doing that already. So I, I don't see as to why they need to make a statement. The fact that the junior reds room is actually closing and stuff like that. Just let it happen. Just do it. And the fact that it's actually come out as news and it's going to confuse even more people. Especially at a time like this where emotions are already high about how the yeah. club are or are not looking after younger fans. Wasa, you, you've been quiet on this so far, letting everyone else have their say. What, what's your thoughts on the subject? Um, it's hard because they, the club, are, there must be some reasoning behind it. You know what I mean? You, you'd like to think that they wouldn't just be tarnishing all of them with, with the same brush. There's got to be something. But I think... Ben said a good point. There's got to be, what, better stewarding, better policing, better sorting this out. Treat it as an individual case. You know what I mean? If, if you get these people, then they've given you a reason then to ban them or to, to stop them from coming. Do you know what I mean? But don't tarnish all of them with the same brush. You know what I mean? And say that they're all a bad egg and that they're, you know what I mean? And stop them from coming to football. Because like you say, we've all said our stories about how when we were young, we used to all go with our mates and stuff like that. And that you're going to stop that. But like you say, at the moment, I, I disagree with it. I think it has, I think youngsters it is getting worse. You know what I mean? I, it's all to do with this social media platform now to, to try and look the part, to try and be this sort of better looking, you know what I mean? And stuff and trying to sh show off. Um, but you've got to treat those people with an individual case. So you've got to, stop them from doing it if they give you a reason to get rid of them or to ban them i think then they go um and you do it like that but it it's hard because i the club are taking slack and i and i think but there must be a reason behind this do you know what i mean there must be you know what i mean the vandalizing of the stadium it, it's all just going to come out of the club's pocket do you know what i mean it's it's not right so they must have some evidence or something that they're not releasing to say that it is the younger generation that's causing this, um, but it's but a if, difficult if, one. If, and that's I... the, if that's the case, then then you know they, 
why hasn't there been, you know, why haven't the police been involved with the um, town and toilets being trashed and stuff like that then? If they really think it's it's them, there's CCTV all over the place. You, you yeah. know, there's there's no reason why they, they can't get the individuals involved. Yeah, and yeah I, I don't, they've, they've, we've had it before with cases, didn't we? We had it with the Ashley Cole situation with the, with the race, the apparent racism and stuff like that, they were able to find those people. Then, do you know what I mean? So why can't they find these individuals now and bring them? You know what I mean to to be sorted. Do you know what I mean? So I, it, it's a difficult. I just can't. I, see I get how what you're saying, was that? I, I get what you're saying that the club must have a reason, but they haven't communicated it effectively no. at all. No, you I, know, I, they I, haven't. I, they haven't we come thought, up. I, I, find yeah, I find it interesting at the moment with, with Clem that there was going to be communication, especially someone like Rob Angus, you'd think this is his sort of role. This is what he should be, you know what I mean, bringing to the well, table. Well, that was actually going to be my, my question for Ned. Are you a little bit surprised, given how hot a topic this has been amongst such a vast majority of the fan base, that we haven't actually had an official statement by the club to an extent, the trust? Or oh, no, it's not their responsibility. The the tr trust have tweeted. Well, yeah, but I've tweeted. Right. I've tweeted from Falls Rush in, but that's no, no. That's but they've, they've tweeted that. out that they're in discussion with the club at the moment, and they said they will always put the views of the of of the fans forward, and and they do know that there is a lot of anger towards it. So I think to be fair to them, they are trying to 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 relay. The, the the general mood of of, of um, fans, or at, at did they just get a load of tweets saying "What are you doing about this?" and thought we better say something? Well, who, who knows? But they, they, you know, whether what whatever their intentions, Fifey, they are do it. They are trying to do something about it. So I'm hoping in the next couple of days we'll have some sort of a, a, a statement and, and and maybe the the club doing a U turn. Well, have we not had enough U-turns in the last week or so? <laughs> uh, Ned, um, fr throwing that back to you then, are you a little surprised that we haven't had some communication about this? I mean, I am very surprised because, um, you know, Rob Angus is usually, um, well, you know, from from Nationwide, he's very vocal, he's very um, clear and uh what's sort of, you know um transparent shall we say um so I, I am a bit surprised because it's quite a major thing that was announced relatively last minute before the game wasn't it it wasn't it wasn't announced um sort of too far About in advance four o'clock friday night for friday afternoon <laughs> yeah. just crazy but i mean i just i just don't get it you know for years you know we didn't have kids talking about and Swinning Town Football Club in the playgrounds and stuff. You know, there was no interest at schools. All of a sudden, you know, the last few years, there's been a lot of interest, and you, you have all the, you know uh, the kids come in, in in larger numbers. And you know, just because some, you know you got some fucking toe rag who's who's coming and done something doesn't mean that you got to ruin it for everyone. It's such a bad lesson. It's such a bad lesson for kids, let alone Bloomin. You know everything else, but I mean, you know, what's what's the? I don't, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, it's like, you know, it, it, if an Asian bloke goes out onto the pitch next time, they're going to ban all Asians from the fucking ground. Do you know what I mean? No, it doesn't make any sense. You know, there's loads of kids that go. There's loads. There's probably what? There's probably seven hundred plus, and just because some, you know, two or three bellends do do something, you know, why on earth would you stop so many kids from going? It's everything that we've been working towards, getting the kids interested in football, and it's and you just literally destroyed it. 
I mean, I, I, I guarantee that every single one on this panel has gone with their mates to football at some point. Yeah. So why should it bloody change? I go now? every time I go with you guys. No, sorry, under 16. Sorry. <laughs> when, when they were under 16, I guarantee that everyone at some point has gone just with their mates. In a uh, in a attempt to defuse the situation, Paddy's tweeted in. Forget the under 16s; it's the over 95s that need looking at. Some right characters messing about there lately at games. Uh, Rich, I've, I've seen I've seen the, the the sort of facial expressions. You want to get back in this conversation? Let's let's let you in here. What do you want to add to the debate? As a representative of the under 16 age group, I think I think Ned's pretty much covered it. Really, um, I think. From my point of view, if if the club had come out and said that it was a, a safety thing uh, at first, I I think I, I'd like to have thought that it would have probably been received a little bit better than it had done. Um, I can sort of see it from like the town end point of view. I think I've uh, I remember I was trying to get into one of the games when I was younger. Okay, it was Oxford United. <laughs> which obviously is a little bit different. But, um, yeah, I, I have seen it in the past where uh, where the club has obviously said, oh, you need to be accompanied by an adult um, for an under-16. And I can sort of see that for the town end. In terms of the other two stands, the Arkle stand is obviously more of the family stand, and obviously Don Rogers as well isn't too far behind it. I think... I, I don't see there being any issues there at all whatsoever. I do think it's a very conservative view from Rob Angus and it's not, and I'm not really surprised at all that he's actually done this because he's obviously what he's trying to do is I think he's trying to sort of, he's not, we obviously know what he's trying to do. He's obviously trying to stop this from happening again. And, um, you know, and he he doesn't want this to keep on going and everything like that. And he does think it is the under 16s. I think maybe a little bit of education needs to go to the club as well to say, oh, actually, this isn't. It's not all the under 16s doing this, and the fact that you're that you are targeting a certain age group, um, because you know, because it's the easy because it's the easy thing to do because it's the easy thing to do, and obviously when. Um, when you're an adult, not many people can tell you what to do, really. So I think, I, I think they're in a tough position. They obviously want to stop this from happening and everything like that. But it's not the right way to go about it, and it certainly isn't the right way about, um, you know, stopping fourteen to sixteen year olds uh, from getting in, uh, getting into football matches. So. What they need to do, they, they need to actually engage with these fans as well. Talk to them. Talk to these these people in, in the town end. These these youngsters, you know, try you know try and communicate effectively with them instead of just shutting the door on yeah. them on them completely. And, and maybe and maybe also going round to the school. I mean, they want to be more. Um, you know, they, they want the education to go out there. Go round to the schools like you have done before and just yeah. say, right, this is how you've got to behave at a football match, okay? Don't trash the seats. Don't vandalise the, you know, toilets or whatever. Be respectful. But equally, this... You on know, the flip side, it doesn't but... take an idiot to know how to behave. 
No, it doesn't. But I mean, like, you know, this is also let's remember, this is also coming in place because of the allocated seating as well. So this that's that's part of the reason why I think these, you know, these young fans You must sit where your ticket says. Yeah, this that that was part that let's remember that's part of this as well. So you know, they're blaming it on all the young kids not sitting where they're supposed to, aren't they? No, I'm not being funny, but going back to when I was in the town end, admittedly, I was never where my ticket said, I don't think. But equally I was surrounded by however many hundreds of people that were there, and not one of them, not one person in the town end, I think, could honestly say they were exactly where their tickets said. I mean, yeah, if you yeah. were selling, if you were selling out the county ground every week, then I could understand the allocated seating. If you were selling out a particular stand every week, then I can understand the allocated seating. But the fact that you're not um, selling out any of the stands consistently then what's the point? Like, sort of thing like that. It's different under the Decanio days when we were selling the town end out every week. That's different, okay? But, like, not when you're not selling out um, a particular stand, then what's the point? I just don't get it. Mark's not having that at all. <laughs> Individuals have to be accountable for their actions. Age is irrelevant. I'm not saying there's a particular age group. I'm just saying, like, maybe go around the schools and, you know, I mean, like, as an adult, yeah, I think from that point of view, I think it needs to be an individual case. But I think why not go around educating the youngsters, like, sort of thing like that. I'm not saying they're all accountable, but I'm just saying it's a good opportunity for the football club to go out to the younger generation. I think it's more of an opportunity there. And the fact that he's obviously put this in place, he's obviously trying to stop things that aren't actually happening. So if he was that concerned about it, he could go out himself. I'm not saying he has to. I'm not saying they have to, because I don't think it's a real issue. But I do think that if Rob Angus thinks there's an issue there, then why doesn't he go sort of do something himself about it? <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, this, this is certainly a topic that's A, very emotive, and B, certainly going to rumble on for days and possibly even weeks to come. So I'm sure this isn't the last we've heard of it. Um, but I am conscious that the clock is ticking ever so close towards the fact that we've done two hours already, which means it's approaching 11 o'clock. Um, do you guys want to finish there or do we want to lighten the mood and end with a bit of a quiz question to send everyone home happy? Yeah, do the quiz. <laughs> Said in the most unhappy voice ever. Yeah, the okay. average road works will take you two hours to get to work. So let's, let's get this to two hours. <laughs> okay, well, we have been sent a quiz question in. Um, and I want to know how, you know, with cup football, we've been talking cup football today. Um, I've been asked uh, how well uh, you guys know your Swindon Town Cup history. Um, I Recent have been sent. Been so, so this question was sent with. Can the I change my mind, Fifi? No, listen carefully. This question was sent with the intention of Nick being here as well. I, I hope he's still in the chat watching. If he's not falling asleep after his exploits <laughs> earlier, uh, he hasn't quite got Ben's stamina anymore. He can do two or three podcasts in a day. Um, <laughs> but I've been asked, can the panel name the starting 11 in both the League Cup final of 69 
and the league trophy final of 2012. The, the what, sorry? The last the, the, What was there at the time? Johnston's Paint, Papa oh. John's. Uh, oh. The game against Chesterfield, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where yeah. would we like to start? 2012 or, nine, or 69? 2012. Okay, 2012. I'll let you go in turn and pick a player each, so it's a team effort. So we'll start in the top corner. Ned, can you name anyone from the starting 11 from 2012? No. Fair enough. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> oh, was it? Oh, it was the JPT, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I could name more Chesterfield players than I could um, Swindon players. <laughs> How bad is that? I could name the manager easily. Danny Lee in goal. Carl no, goalkeeper. The goalkeeper. Can't even. No? Okay, Ben? Sir Wesley Fodringham. Fodringham is correct. Uh, Craig? Um, McEverly. Oh, damn it. McEverly, yep. Yeah. Rich? Made his debut. Yeah, uh, uh, my mate, Ollie Rissa. Rissa was there, yeah. Woody? Nathan Thompson. No. No, didn't think yeah. so. Uh, Ned, <laughs> have you, has it sprung anything or do you want to pass again? No idea. Okay, was it? No idea. Okay, Ben? Lee Holmes. Holmes was there, yep. Craig? Uh, Simon Ferry. Ferry was in the 11, yep. Rich? Um, I'm trying to go for the non-easy ones. Uh, right back. I mean, I know, obviously, I know Matt Ritchie was in the squad, so. Matt Ritchie would be correct. Would he? Just say Matt Ritchie. Chibocchi. No. <laughs> Ben? By then. Still a few more in there, Ben. Is it me? Yes. Um, let me have a think. Uh, bo, 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 bo. Uh, who would have been Mr. Centre back with him? Oh, Joe Devera. Joe oh. Devera was there, yep. Yeah. Craig? Uh, Paul Benson. Benson, yep. Yeah. So I believe we've got one, two, three left to name, Rich. Alan Connell. Alan Connell, yep. Yeah. Two left. Woody? Alan McCormack. McCormack, one left, Ben. Yeah. Yes. I think I know the other one. See, Caddis was injured, so he couldn't play. I remember that. So Do you want me to help Caddis. you out a little bit? Builder, isn't it? Do you want me to let, help yeah, you out a little bit? So if you I go, if you base it, it on the, if you base it on the four four two, you've got awesome. Fodringham, Devera, Rizza, McCormack, McEverly, Richie, Blank, Ferry, Holmes, Benson, Connell. It's Bostock, isn't it? Is it not? No. no, no. I just looked online. Sorry. <laughs> Hang on. Who's that? Midfielder. Oh, who's that one that went to Luton? Oh, he went to where? No, he, he was at Luton for a while. Oh, no, he is now. Centre midfielder. Lee Cox, was it? I think no, I know Smith it is. Can I jump in? Jonathan Smith. Smith is correct. Oh, Johnny Smith. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Smith, I think yeah, Bos it. 
I'm starting right. to remember it now because I was drunk whilst watching it on telly. Um, <laughs> I think Bostock came on. That's right, Bostock came on. That's started it. to and remember you, it when you say the name's 11. Is that, yeah? is, that, is that 11 now, isn't it? That is. And Nick has sent in his guess for 69. One, two, five. I think he's missed a player. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, Nick. Nick. Nick hasn't named eleven in in his guess. Right. Didn't Nick say on um on one of his like debut that the day that he can't name the first eleven from nineteen sixty nine is the day that Diane puts him out to pasture? He did. He yeah. did. So oh, clarify. Let me let me just make sure oh, everyone agrees. Yeah. There is Nick's check. answer. Do you maybe agree there is not eleven players there? We should probably check because maybe this was back in the day when there's only 10 players out on pitch. <laughs> 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 Hang on. as well. He's only put nine. He has only put nine and a sub. Nine and a sub. So he's too short. Come on, correct. Um, so can anyone help Nick out as apparently he's reached that point where he can't name the starting 11 uh, with his two missing players? The only ones I would have remembered were Downsborough, Smart and Noble and Rogers, really, that, and Trollope. Oh, yeah, they're the actual... It's all right, he's, he's come to the aid. He's realised his mistake. Oh, hard oh, yeah. but How could he miss Burrows as well? What a player. What a player. Scoring loads of points on fantasy. <laughs> Not, oh, this week, Not this week, Not this week. Just a reminder, as if it needs being said, before we that conclude means. for the evening, thank you very much, of course, um, to everyone who has watched uh, tonight's episode. If you're going to listen back, um, we thank you in advance. Um, and for everyone who's contributed, it's been sensational as always. Um, before we before we say our goodbyes and we uh, and we do the, uh, the the credits again, just a reminder, of course. Um, well, I recognize actually, that. one quick question for you all before I do sign it off, because I've seen this being asked a lot online at the moment. What do we think about the CG being called SN1 in adverts like this? A lot of people don't seem to like it. It's either call it the county ground or abbreviated to CG, but a lot of people seem to be getting upset with being called when, when they refer to it as SN1. I, I, I always see it in the tweets, SN1. Like, welcome back to SN1 and stuff like that. I, I've never had an issue with it. It's easy to put in the characters. <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, things Don't going on in the me. world, I think that's the least one, the least thing that we need to yeah. get upset about. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, if you put that first graphic up again, Fifey. Uh, the first one. Yeah, that go. would look awful if you put STWFC at counting ground or at CG. No, CG would just be pointless. Yeah, you might as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that graphic is fucking superb. Does that suggest that you've had a, a key part in that graphic? <laughs> not that one. No, I'm oh, not feeling that one at all. That, no. That's done by a paid professional. That one, <laughs> mate. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Um, Jed, wow. it's, it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Um, thank you as well uh, to uh, to both ladies for joining us earlier today. Um, that that was that was great and always a fascinating listen when they're on. Um, but Ned was a Ben Rich. 
Craig and Woody, thank you very much for your time this evening. Um, and all that's left to say is, is thank you again to all of you for your company. It's been a pleasure. We will see you on Friday when uh, Grant from Lower League Look will be joining us to uh, preview Hartlepool. But until then, good night. Take